and we are live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I am Dana Abercrombie. Welcome to the very first premiere episode of MovieCast. I am your host, as I already said, Dana Abercrombie. I am joined by the infamous, the illustrious, the heavenliest Richard Bailey Jr. Hello, Richard. Yes, good evening, Dana. Although I, I don't know if I would say uh, heavenliest because uh, I'm not Sinfulest? What, what, what's that? Sinfulest? No, let's just say uh, your, every, your everyday person, middle of the road. So I'm not good or bad, I'm in between. Manliest, normalist, Richard Bailey Jr. Yeah, there you go. That works. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show. You are welcome. You are very welcome. So, premiere episode, we have got to talk about a couple things here. First off being, how was your week? Oh, it's a very, very uh, interesting week. Uh, I did see a few movies that, uh, that I will talk about on uh, today's show. Uh, and I unfortunately, well, I won't say unfortunately, I also made the decision to skip out on... Uh, WWE Crown Jewel, so I will say the week went pretty, 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 pretty well. <laughs> oh, gosh. I wish I, I wish I made that decision. That was that was that was sad. It was very sad. But yeah, I agree. Uh, so, in 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 non wrestling news, uh, we have to talk about kind of the news that broke over this week. I know many people are like excited about it. I feel nothing. I'm very much indifferent about it. I don't know about you, Richard. How do you feel? They finally announced Bad Boys 3. They've been announcing it for the past 20 years now, but they made it official by Martin Lawrence and Will Smith actually putting out a video acknowledging each other and acknowledging this movie. So when I saw the video announcement, I, I pretty much was like, well, for those that have been waiting for Bad Boys Three, th this is good news. It's great. Uh, I don't don't really like 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 you said. This is a movie that has feel like, feel like it's been in development hell for almost a decade now. So I didn't really have any major reaction to it. And I also was looking very closely at Twitter when they made this announcement. It didn't even crack the top three in the trending news. It was down around the eighth, tenth spot. So I figured, well. Maybe if this movie was announced a lot sooner and actually happened a lot sooner, maybe a lot of people would be into the announcement. But with that said, uh, I think everybody is anxious to see what they actually do with the sequel. Um, but I, when I saw them announce it, I said, OK, I'm glad that Will Smith has finally decided to clear his schedule to work on another Bad Boys. Because I know Martin has been wanting to do this movie for the longest time, but waiting for Will Smith to accept it and, and be on board. So. Glad that they are both on the same page, but um, I will not be excited for this movie until I actually see what the plot is, what they're doing, and I actually know that it is actually coming out. Because even though they shot that video and they and there was an announcement that it's coming in 2020, I believe, um, outside of that, I, I won't believe it until I see it. So I will hold all anticipation and thoughts until I see the movie is actually, I see an actual trailer and I see that it's actually in development. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those weird things where like it was really exciting 
but then nine years passed and people moved on. You know, we have other franchises that came out. Will Smith is doing other things. He's busy, you know, crying about his relationship on table talk and Martin Lawrence is busy doing, I don't know, living not much, but he's doing something. And, you know, nine years is, is, is a long time that I just kind of want people care anymore. And I know that there's supposed to be a spinoff on CBS with bad boys. It was the, the Gabrielle union and it was another actress. It was supposed to be like that female version of bad boys. And that never took off. That kind of got canceled by CBS as well, even before it aired. I think just the pilot episode they filmed. And so now you have this. And January 17th, 2020 is what they announced. Um, They have not really released that much of a plot aside from their now private detectives. So whatever means that's good. That means that they're, they're able to take it easy, though. Well, so that's that. Well, no, that that that, that is good. I, I will say I know I have to give credit to Will Smith, even though he stays in shape. So I guess if they have any action sequences in this movie like they have, he'll be totally fine. Martin, I have no idea because even in the other movies, that character was like a character that you know, kind of like Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. Like mm-hmm. I'm getting too, I'm getting too old for this. You know, it felt like that type of character, but uh, you know, it, it will it will at least be funny and entertaining because that's what he does better than anything else. So, um, yeah, like like I said, I'm curious to know what they what they are going to bring to the table with this movie because I did hear that there was supposed supposed to be a Bad Boys Four. I don't know if that is still no. Uh, no. Oh, oh, that, oh, that, that, well, that's not going to happen now. Oh, uh, you can just get through three. It took nine years for one movie. <laughs> what are you thinking of Bad Boys Four and Six and Ten? We may not have that long on this earth to wait for these movies. Oh, oh no, you're right. Well, at least w- w- what we can confirm is that whoever made this decision must also be the same person that is making the decisions about when James Cameron should release Avatar, you know, three, four, five, six, you know, all those movies. Because we have been waiting a long time for that movie also. So. <laughs> What what I loved best about that was I got to interview Robert Rodriguez about it. And he was like, no, you any movie James Cameron said that he wanted to do, even if it was like from 10 years ago, he's not doing it. He's just passing it on to other people. Because like for the next 60 years, he's going to be busy with, with Avatar. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> we're, yeah. If we ever get an Avatar too, still waiting for the second one. If we ever get Avatar 2, you know, hopefully we, we won't be retired by then. Hopefully. Yeah. No, this is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, with, with this one here, also, one of the things that was interesting was that when news broke with that um, the sequel was coming out for Bad Boys, Gabrielle Union, she tweeted like the eye emoji. She's ready and, and wants to sign up for this. And I guess, you know, since her show is canceled, I would love to see her come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was, uh, you know, obviously Martin Lawrence's uh, sister and Will Smith's uh, girlfriend. So um, I'm curious to know what they will bring to the table. If, Like I said, you know, I, I, I think that the movie can be good, but it all depends what the actual plot is. If, you know, it's something, if it was to say, you know, something happens to, 
the Gabrielle Union's character or something like that, then, you know. The second one. We can't have something happen to her character because we had that in the second one. Well, you, 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 you are right. We did have that. The only way they can change it is if they actually kill her. And then you have uh, well, Marcus, Marcus and, uh, you know, his buddy. They have to go after the guy that killed her. You know, but but yeah, I agree. They they already did that, as you said. So hopefully, that's not the route that they take. Um, I, and then the other thing I did hear a while back is that they were considering bringing Martin and Will in to basically usher in a new, uh, another like a, a much younger generation of uh, of of officers working. And so I don't know which path they're going to go with the story, but I think depending on how they approach the story, that that will be what will excite people the most. Um, so that doesn't suck if that was the case, but I would prefer that if we're still alive for that to be bad boys for just because we've waited 20 years for this one yeah. that I would like to see a solo movie with them. And then we can usher in like some newbies. I that would oh yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Um, but, uh, hopefully we will start to find out information about this next year since it's coming out 2020 my assumption is that they're going to actually start shooting at the beginning of next year um so maybe some information will leak out before the end of next year but well, well we so already know that Mark's character won't have a beeper that's that that was made clear no more beepers <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will hope not yeah i definitely hope not <laughs> although i would like to see him like still have the beeper as like a memento that would be nice but but yeah new beeper <laughs> <laughs> so moving on this was a real this was something that was announced earlier this year but it flew completely under the radar that no one kind of picked it up nor cared about it um so then here's the thing Tyler Perry recently went on the view he is doing the the promotion for his upcoming movie, Nobody's Fool, which I know you're very excited about because you love Tyler Perry with all of your heart and your soul. <laughs> he also announced that he's retiring Medea after 20 years, and he has the last Medea film called Medea Family Funeral. No, a Medea, what is, I think it's called just a Medea Funeral. Yeah, that's it. So, I know you're very sad about that. You're going to see the character that you loved for 20 years is finally done and over with. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether or not he's gonna kill it off, but he definitely wants Medea dead. He said he's very tired of playing Medea and we're all tired of watching Medea. So it works out for everyone, win-win. But when he was also on the show, he was you know, talking about his movie, Nobody's Fool, and he announced, I guess a re-announcement because people kind of forgot the first time, that he is working with Whoopi Goldberg and Tiffany Haddish, and they're going to do a Sister Act 3. Yay! Anyone care about that? Any feelings towards that? So let me just say, first and foremost, uh, yeah, Tiffany Haddish is on fire right now. Yes. Um, she's been in, in a ton of movies. Yeah, she's in Nobody's Fool. Uh, she obviously was in that movie uh, Night School with Kevin Hart. Um, I will say that... Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to give her credit for doing what she she's done. I know a lot of stuff that she's been through as far as being homeless before, so I'm glad that she is getting all the success that long overdue. Uh, with that said, um, Sister Act 3, I think, will be interesting. 
I know Whoopi uh, Goldberg is still very funny. Um, and uh, I'm very curious to, to see what the movie looks like. Uh, now, I will, I will admit that I haven't seen Sister Act 2 in a long time, so I have no idea how they're going to connect that movie and this other one. Um, but uh, I, am, I am very curious to see how this, you know, what the plan is for this. And obviously, um, it's going to be interesting. But uh, that is further down the line. Uh, mm -hmm. There is one one thing I did want to say, uh, though, in regards to a statement that you made about me being a Tyler Perry fan. Um, I um, <laughs> I now for those who don't know, I do live in Atlanta, uh, and yeah, a lot of Tyler Perry movies were filmed here, as well as a lot of other movies are being filmed here because the budget cuts, you know, all of the discounts that they can do for the movies here it makes total sense. But as far as being a Tyler Perry fan, I'm not really I'm not I'm not really a Tyler Perry fan. Uh, because the Medea movies, that character to me has always been a, a little bit of a uh, coonish, if I can say that word. Um, but with that said, I understand that he dresses up as this character to try to deliver a message within all of his movies. Uh, I did see the trailer for the Medea family uh, funeral movie, and uh, and no, it doesn't look like Medea dies in the movie. It just looks like they are on a trip and they have to go to a funeral. So if he is going to end it, that's great because, I mean, I, I, I mean, I understand, you know, some people find it funny, but I, I think for those that are continuing to grow up, if they know anything about history, uh, to see a character like that on the big screen, I don't think that's anything to be proud about. Um, mm -hmm. even, e even though the messaging can be, can be powerful, the image is, what, is what, what bothers me. So I'm glad that he's ending it if he is indeed going to retire the character he needs to. Um, and hopefully he can branch out and do other stuff, but we'll see. Well, I believe in the power of your words. So Medea dies in this movie. <laughs> oh, she does. Oh. <laughs> She's dying in this movie. But um, the thing with Sister Act, to clarify, um, Disney has been talking uh, lately. Before they didn't want to do it at all. They were like, no, we're good. But they have been talking lately. Instead of doing a sequel, they want to do a remake. So. It would be interesting. And Goldberg, here's the thing. Whoopi and Tyler Perry wants a larger role for Whoopi Goldberg, but Disney wants her to have a minor cameo role. So mm. it's a lot of negotiation still between the three parties. Well, considering that she was in the first two movies, I would think that she should have uh, a larger role. Um, but I'm guessing... They want Tiffany Haddish to be the main star of the film, is what you're saying, then, if they don't want her to... They want it, right, they want her to be the main star. They want it to be, like, a, a remake. And so the thing is that Tyler Perry and Whoopi Goldberg, still in negotiations, this is not, like, cemented right now, but they've been talking about, they know they recently appeared on the after show What's what, of Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, and they stated that they want to buy the rights of Sister Act so that they can do it how they want it done. Okay. Interesting. Well, 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 we'll definitely see how that how that turns out. Um, but if, if Disney is involved, then, you know, Disney is going to make sure that they push the envelope and get the movie done the way that they want it done. So I hope that uh, Tyler Perry is prepared to, you know, you know, if they say you can't do certain stuff, then you can't do certain stuff in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so we'll see. It's 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 you know it's in limbo. It's interesting right now. It's just a lot of talks, but 
I honestly don't know if I want another movie or even a remake because we had the, the two movies. Also, there was the Broadway musical. Oh, so yeah. I'm kind of good with Sister Act. We can we can do something else. Oh, well, so, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But, you know, it, it, right now in Hollywood, it seems like uh, everybody is into trying to make, uh, you know, remakes or, or other sequels to other movies that aren't even necessary. So if uh, I guess, uh, you know, this this is certainly possible. But I guess if Tyler Perry and them do not come to an agreement, then it might not happen. So um, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll definitely see, 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 what, see how everything pans out. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, another thing also we've got to talk about is the Halloween box office. So, yay. Let's dive into this and see what movies came out as, as the top movies. Yes. Which movies bombed, which I was a little tiny bit shocked about. So, number one on this list, which made $50 million in the U.S. Just, we're doing just domestic thing. In the U.S., it made $50 million is Bohemian Rhapsody, which is a fantastic <laughs> film that I know that you saw. I'm going to say you saw. Well, I, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I absolutely, absolutely am planning to see it. Um, there was some other movies that I saw this past week. So I, yeah, I, I am planning to see it though. I definitely will have something to say about it the next time we record a show. Cause I, I, I do plan to see it, but, uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so he has not seen it. But it, those who don't know, it's the story of Queen. If you guys don't know who Queen is, Queen is the one that always goes, we will, we will rock you. Or, <laughs> Mamma Mia, that song, which yes. I think would be very interesting, came out decades ago. And still to this day, it's still very, very popular. Um, coming in at number two, which basically kind of bombed, sadly, is the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. This looked like a very cute, magical little film about the retelling of the Nutcracker. Um, my problem is that it came out for me way too early. It's a Christmas movie. And I know a lot of Christmas movies are coming out in November, but it was just one of those movies that just really felt like it should have came out on Christmas Day instead. It only made $20 million. Um, Number three, again, we're going to go with Tyler Perry. I know how much you love Tyler Perry. So <laughs> your favorite movie, Nobody's Fool, starring Tiffany Haddish and Whoopi Goldberg, made $14 million. That did pretty good compared to what I thought it would do. I think that was, number, that was pretty good. Uh, number four is A Star is Born, the remake with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. That's really overrated, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, but it pulled in 11 million. The total uh, domestic gross for that is like 165 million. It's been it's been out for five weeks now. So, but it pulled in 11 million. Um, then we have Halloween, the remake, not the remake, the sequel, which basically, if you look at it, is just a direct sequel to the original Halloween, which came out in the 70s. So. Yeah, if you just forget all the other movies in between, it's a direct sequel to Halloween number one, the one in the 70s. Uh, that pulled in a 11 million as well, and its overall is 150 million, which is not bad, especially for three weeks. So, 
And then top top six, I just got to throw it in there. I'm still surprised that it's even made the chart and it is top 10. Venom. <laughs> Venom pulled in 7.8 million. Good for you. You did it, little Tink Tink. 7.8 million. It's been in there for five weeks now. It's made overall $198 million. So good for you. You did okay. <laughs> stop laughing. But oh, d- stop. Stop laughing. So, yeah. And also, Hunter Killer, which I was really surprised, that came in at, like, number eight. No, number nine, actually. So Goosebumps 2 was number eight at $3.7 million, which, by the way, is very adorable. If you have any kids, I strongly suggest that you see it because it's just really cute. It's a cute little Halloween movie. And Hunter Killer, which I didn't even know released yet, um, made three point five, But it's, like, a limited release, so good for you. And then the top ten is my favorite movie of the year or maybe like second no no that's gonna be my favorite movie of the year no it's still my favorite yeah my favorite movie of the year is the hate you give with 3.4 million so Hmm. so 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 i I just want to make a a quick comment before uh you move on to the next topic um so I look at this list and, you know, I'm glad to see, yeah, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, I was surprised to see it made that much opening weekend. But then again, I know a ton of people that saw it. I haven't seen it yet, so I definitely need to go see it. So it's definitely going to probably once again be number one next this upcoming weekend because I know Overlord is coming out. Um, I don't really know a lot of people that are going to plan to see that. It feels as though because that is a horror movie that that probably should have came out around Halloween time. It but, should. Uh, and they've been doing free screenings for Overlord for like a month now. Oh, well, I, I really don't know why they didn't release that in October. It would have been better to release it then. But Those, uh, Oh, if you're based in New York City, if you have your your I voted uh, sticker on Tuesday, you will get in for a free screening. You have to sign up through uh, GoFo. So oh, G- I, I've heard of that. Yes. Yeah. Sign up through GoFo, G-O-F-O dot com and have your I voted sticker on Tuesday. You can go see the movie at 10 o'clock in New York wow. City. Yeah. Damn, New York City. See, I need to move to New York City. Uh, you we, don't that we, don't, we don't have those those type of opportunities here in, in Atlanta. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun in New York. You have the lights, you have tourism, you have mail bombings. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Slowly uh, falling. But uh, I'm glad that Venom is still making money, even though uh, I had some issues with the film. That That's that's quite all right. It's still making money, and I'm pretty sure that there will be a sequel since the way that they ended that film with the whole after-credit scene, or the mid-credit scene, rather. Uh, yeah, there, there, there will definitely be more Venom in the future. So that's good for Tom Hardy, good for the franchise. But, yeah, uh, yeah. And they, you know, they definitely opened the door for there to be cameos and for spider-man to walk in and i'm really happy that the hate you give is still on the list because that was that movie god lord you guys need to see that movie yeah. that's a beautiful movie i you know i one thing i can say that i am am happy about is uh like when i was seeing some of these other movies as they were coming out during the month i would always check to see what the like because you're able to when you order the tickets that i order through amc i mean i have to pick my seat so i can see what, you know how many seats are available in each uh, different movie, and it looks as though this movie, it always was almost full, full on every screen screening, even after weeks after the movie was already out. So I'm glad that 
Mm. People are definitely supporting the movie. And after all, the movie was shot in Atlanta. So I will hope that people were actually going out to support it. So very glad to see that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and also really quickly, um, Disney's Incredible 2 has now passed The Fate of the Furious, become the number 15th global release of all time with 1.2 uh, million. Wait, wow. what? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. That made no sense. With almost almost one billion, I said oh, one billion. Wow, one dollars surpassed everything. I meant one billion. Sorry. I believe that because yeah, that, that was a fun movie. Mm -hmm. It was fun, you know. So that that's good. Good news for Disney. Yeah, good news for them. Don't know if you saw The Incredibles too. Oh yeah, but I did. I did see it. That that yeah, it, it, it was, it's a great movie. Um, I mean, I, I really don't know if they need to do a third one. I know they said they may consider. I, I don't think they need to do another one. I mean, I think you, the whole mystery of the baby finally figuring out what the powers were and really to the extent of putting the family in that particular situation. I thought it, I thought it was great. So I don't really know where you can go with a, another sequel um, if they do decide to do that. But yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Jack Jack is now a teenager. The parents have to retire because they're old. Oh, boom! Hey, that, 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 hey, that, that, that definitely could work. There's your sequel. <laughs> you can make another one point two billion dollars. <laughs> I would love to see that. And you know, Samuel Jackson, he needs a job. We all know that he's out here struggling. He needs that work. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. <laughs> paycheck. Um, yes. So moving on very quickly, we talked about the box office. Uh, we got to talk about whether or not you have been seeing some, some, some good movies. All right. So, um, this is for, what is this? Uh, October or, or, or can it be stuff I've seen recently also? Literally you can do October. You can do what you've seen recently. You can talk about 2019. Okay. So. I, I'm, uh, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna talk about October, and, and I will try to keep this brief. Uh, we all, we already spoke on Venom, so yeah. Uh, I, I think anyone that is a fan of the Marvel uh, characters, uh, the movie is worth seeing. But uh, I mean, as I said before, it, it I, I thought it had some issues, but it still was a fun movie. So for that for that for that matter, I would recommend people see it, especially if they're into Venom. They like Marvel characters, you know. They may get some type of entertainment out of it. It definitely was entertaining. I will say that much. Um, aside from that, uh, I did see A Star Is Born, mm -hmm. uh, and and I understand what you say when the movie is is overrated. I mean, to me, I when going into this movie now, I did not know that there was actually. Um, oh, I do apologize for that sound effect, by the way. But I did not know that um, they, they, that, that this was like the fourth remake of the yes. of, of 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 the movies, and I thought to myself, <laughs> why do they keep remaking this movie? Every uh, generation gets their new remake. My grandmother's sitting there like, I've seen this already, and yeah. Okay, see, so uh, I, I but but I will say this though, uh, even though it was a remake. And we can we can agree that though maybe there's some aspects of it that it does feel feel as though it is overrated. I, I I do say this in full confidence. Lady Gaga will get nominated for an Academy Award, and I definitely expect 
uh, Bradley Cooper to also get nominated since this was his first director director's uh, film. Um, so I don't know if they're going to win, but I do know they'll get nominated. I will say that much. Uh, so, yeah. But I thought it was still a good movie. You know, the soundtrack to me was the best part of the movie. You know, they, you know when they sung the songs together, that was great. Uh, very emotional. But uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, we know how the story ends. So not a good ending for uh, for Jack. But uh, it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, we, we already had our recap show of The Hate You Give. So anyone listening to this podcast, I would encourage you to check that out. That was an excellent movie. Um, Bad Times at the El Royale. This is a movie that I saw early as well. I saw it about a day early because they had a screening here in Atlanta. I thought the movie was great. Uh, and this is, again, by the same guy who did uh, Daredevil Season 1. Uh, the only issue that I had with the movie, and I mean, it's a slight nitpicky issue that not everybody will agree with. There are certain characters that I wanted us to spend a little bit more time with to get their backstory. The one character that I didn't think they was really that really explore, you know, show you more of, it had to be Don Draper's character. Ooh. Yeah, you know, uh uh John Hamm's character in the movie, uh, who really is an agent. And of course, we already know for those that saw the movie, you already know what happens to his character within the first hour of the film. Uh I was disappointed because I wanted to see what else they were gonna do with that character. And we didn't get that. And then, of course, uh, just, I mean, I understand how they spent certain time on other characters, uh, you know, spent more time with those characters. I understand that. I just wish that they would have done that for, in consideration of some of the other people that are in the movie. But at the, again, not a bad film. It definitely was a great, great time. And the only thing that I did see before that movie was the first trailer. Uh, although I do want to tell people now, if you can avoid a trailer of any movie or any film, whatever, I would I would recommend that you avoid it because you do not want to get spoiled about stuff that's going to happen in the movie. Because I know a lot of people are doing that now with these trailers. Um, so, yeah, with that said, though, it is what it is. Uh, so three other quick points to make and then I then I'll go to you uh, for your picks. Um, I did see Halloween. I enjoyed Halloween. Uh yeah, very 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 a very funny take on on the film. Uh you know a, a little bit more comical, and I and I appreciated that. You know obviously I, the people I saw it with in my screening, they were really into the movie. There was some disappointed, uh but I, I thought it was a, a, overall an entertaining film. I had no no issues with it. Um, two other ones. Let me think. Let me think. Let me look. Let me look. So I did see Hunter Killer also. Uh, the funny thing about that movie is I did not see The Hunt for Red October. And I honestly, you know, I figured, well, this is a movie that I'm probably not going to care about. I'll fall asleep in. I was pleasantly surprised that I didn't. Uh, now, I will admit that some of that stuff is just a little too cliche with how they, oh, we, we, we were able to survive. You know, some of the stuff was a little unbelievable about how they were able to, to survive some of those things that happened in the movie. But still, not a bad film. You know, oh, oh, say what? Go ahead. It's the Fast and Furious in Submarines. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, and uh, I thought uh, Mr. Butler did an excellent job in his role. Um, 
I don't want to see a Hunter Killer 2, though, please. No. I know Common need his money, but listen, Common need to work on another another film. You know, don't let's not ha have another sequel to this movie. But I thought it was good. I thought it was a good movie. It was a surprise to me because I didn't know, really know what to expect. Uh, and, you know, that was another opportunity where I went to an advanced screening and half the people at that screening didn't even know what the hell it was. They just said, because I heard the couple in back of me, what is this movie Hunter Killer about? So they went to the movie, but they wasn't thinking about what it is. They just thought, hey, free screening, I'm, I'm going to show up for that. And it, it is what it is. Um, and finally, uh, in terms of what I did see, and this is the part where, uh, you know, Dana might be shocked to hear this. I actually saw Nobody's Fool. And I just want to say something about that film. First and foremost, I'm not a Tyler Perry fan. I don't really care about his movies. Um, I, you know, especially with the Medea stuff, I, I find that stuff to just be, you know, it's, it's just, it's just very annoying type of movies. I, I, I respect the message, but the movie I find annoying. This particular film, what drew me to see it is that, you know, I wanted to, to, to really see what the direction was they were going to take with the movie. Now, obviously Tiffany Haddish is in the movie, but the movie is not so much about her. It's about her sister and the fact that she got catfished by somebody. And, and then you go through this whole story dialogue of her trying to find the perfect guy. So the catfish incident, I actually have gone through that before. And I haven't really talked about that before, that really to really anybody. So this is like an exclusive here. I've gone through that process before where you're talking to somebody you think is somebody. And then, of course, you find out later that that person isn't who they said they are. And instantly, that's it. That will tell you don't talk to anybody uh, unless you are meeting them face to face. So in the movie, the as woman goes through this stuff, they eventually do find out who is the person that they were talking to. I don't want to spoil that because there may be some people that actually want to see that, but I will tell you that they will laugh when they find out who the person actually is uh, because it is another person that makes a cameo appearance that nobody knew he was going to be in this movie. But um, the, the inter interesting thing about the movie, and then of course, you know, Amari uh, uh, is in the movie, you know, Amari from Power, Ghost, uh, you know, uh, Gary's favorite actor on, uh, <laughs> on, on Power. He's in the movie. Um, but the, the, me the message of the movie, I think, as to why I think the message is important, it's about the fact that when we look for a partner, you know, you have to understand that every person is not going to be perfect as far as because you know as far as the list that you have of, of how you envision that person because this girl in this movie had a list of oh the guy needs to have a six-figure job he needs to have this that or other and then you come across a character like omari omari's character who is the guy that owns a coffee shop this guy has been to jail he has been an alcoholic all this other stuff so he is nothing like what's on this woman's list but of course, in Tyler Perry fashion, they get together and they have a relationship. You know, it does have some issues or certain things that happen within the story. But essentially, the whole message is that you should be accepting of somebody because you don't really know, even though they, they may not fit everything that they have. It's their imperfections and your imperfections that work collectively together. And that's what brings about chemistry. So I thought the message was good. Uh, the jokes were very much over the top, you know, because it was an R-rated film. 
And I was a little surprised some of them jokes they had in there. It's a little really, really raunchy, ridiculous stuff. But with that said, I can respect the message. Would I recommend people go see the movie? Um, I would say it depends what type of a movie you're looking to see. If you want to see a comedy uh, with some romantic stuff in there, then yeah, go see the movie. But there are a ton of other movies that you should see before you see this. So I wouldn't say rush out and go see it. I wouldn't make that recommendation. But I will say I, I give them credit for trying to deliver the message. And then, of course, for the women out there that have high standards on the men that they want to date, they need to see this movie because they need to realize y'all need to relax a little bit with the high standards. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I was going to say about that film. I did see that film a couple of days ago. Um, so that's the extent of my list for the movies that I've seen uh, October and uh, this past week. You, you described that with such passion. I kind of was like going to ask you who hurt you. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Well, hey, listen. We all have a past. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! We all we all have a past. But it's it was an okay film. It's not a a horrible film. Uh, you know, some stuff is a little ridiculous, but yeah, it's it's an okay, okay film. And no, I'm not a Tyler Perry fan. I just I appreciate that the message was in the movie, but yeah, I'm not a Tyler Perry fan. You described that with such passion. It's okay to love your Tyler Perry. Oh no, uh uh, I'm I'm good. <laughs> Medea is here for you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh thank you for that lovely movie um explanation roundup of what you've seen. Um with me, I haven't had like that great of a of a time with movies. Uh oh. Like, um saw First Man, that of course is with Ryan Goslin. It's about um Neil Armstrong and the whole path to getting onto the moon and his first steps on the moon. I fell asleep. It's boring. <laughs> so it's, it's like the definition of boring. It's just, there are scenes in there that are really amazing. The special effects is incredible. If you want to see something that is just beautiful and, and, and visually groundbreaking. Yes. I recommend that. But the plot is so weak. They were the way how it was filmed, like they used the steady hand camera, which like it's still a little bit shaky and destabilizing. It doesn't make any sense because you're just telling me this, you know, the story. I don't need to have a shaky camera for you walking around your house. It's just weirdly shot. But aside from like the space stuff, again, deathly boring. Um, I did see Goosebumps too, Haunted Halloween. Like I said before, it is a very cute um, movie about R.L. Stein and his books and his books coming to life and how they kind of wreak havoc on the town. And the quest is to go and find R.L. Stein so that he can finish his book so that we can get an ending. Mm. And it's a puppet who is able to grant people's wishes and he just wants a family. He wants a, a, a place to belong. And when he doesn't have that feeling of wanting to belong and when he's rejected he just wrecks havoc everywhere so it's very funny it's very smart it's well done and even though it's a kids movie as an adult i was i was right there with my popcorn you know watching the thing and, and very much engaged unlike first man which i fell asleep on so 
I recommend everyone to go see that if you like those type of films. Halloween, you saw as well. I thought it was hilarious. Danny McBride was with the screenwriter and he really brought it up to date. He made it very brutal. Uh, he modernized it. Jamie Lee Curtis really was that embodiment of like, I'm completely sick of your mess. I've been dealing with you for the last 50 years now. I got gray hair. I started out, I had like cute, freshly cut hair. Now I'm gray and older. And, um, you know, she, you really felt her just frustration, her paranoia, her everything. And Mike Myers, Michael Myers, not Mike Myers, because I'm going to sound like the actor, but Michael Myers, they really updated him. You know, for me, when I was a kid, I was never attracted to the Halloween series just because I found it to be very boring. Like he would just walk around and stab people. And that was kind of it. Um, and, you know, people would either fall down and trip. They would do that weird trip thing. Well, oh, no, all of a sudden I can't walk anymore. And he would stab them. But this one, he's very violent. He's very aggressive. It's very brutal. And there doesn't seem to have any type of rules to killing. You know how usually it's like, oh, you usually die after you have sex. Or you don't kill kids. Or you have to fall down and then and, and run. You know, you know, after you fall down, he kills you and you're running. He, they kind of broke the rules with that. Uh, kids do die. Not spoiling anything, but people do die. You don't need necessarily to have sex to have, for you to die. Um, there really isn't any type of rules. I will just say there's this one scene with this little black kid that is hilarious and very authentic to how a black person would handle this whole situation. Would oh, a yeah. that, so. that, that was That was by far... That was an excellent portrayal of that, that was, character. It yes. was amazing. So <laughs> Daniel Brad, he really did his thing with this. He really seems to understand the lore of Halloween. And you will enjoy Halloween much better if you forget about all of the other movies and just focus on the very first one. That's all you need to watch is just the first one, um, which is very unfortunate because Halloween was the resurrection with, with LL Cool J as the romance thriller writer. <laughs> Good Lord. I would have loved to like if they like ended the movie and it was like him closing the book and that was his like his novel that he wrote I would have died laughing that would have been perfect but yeah Halloween was great I kind of didn't like the way how it ended because it leaves a lot of answers like you know a lot of questions unanswered and you know uh, opportunity for another Halloween sequel which I don't know. But if you just view it as just Halloween, the sequel, direct sequel, then and you forget about the other ones, then maybe it is an end chapter and you don't have to worry about anything. But yeah, just forget about the times when he was beheaded and set on fire and shot multiple times because it just it doesn't make any sense. Um, another movie was Hunter Killer that I saw as well. That is with um, Ger Gerard Butler. We have the interview of him on the website he is a wonderful person he is hilarious the movie itself is an action adventure kind of literally it's battleship meets hunt for red october meets fast and furious underwater um it's about the russia and america and submarines and the possibility of going to war and betrayal in a coup so that's that's literally all i can say without spoiling anything but it's very enjoyable it's very good um 
I know the um, the girl in the dragon. Well, the girl in the spider's web. We'll get to it a little bit later, but I did I did see that. Excellent, and I did see Widows. Widows is the Steve McQueen movie that's written by Gillian Finn. Those who don't know Gillian Finn, she's the one who did Gone Girl. She wrote Gone Girl. She also did Sharp Objects. It's on HBO. It's about a group of women who have to come together after their husbands, who are basically, they were robbers. They're not good guys. They were all killed during like one of those, this is my last mission that I'm going to do. This is the last job. And they were all murdered. They were all killed by the police, or so we assume. But um, they were all murdered, and they have, the wives have to do a job and get this like $2 million that, they, that their husbands owed uh, the people that they were stealing for. And Brian Tree, who, yes. yes. Atlanta. Brian Tree Henry, who, as we all know, is Paper Boy from Atlanta. He is really ruthless. He's aggressive. He's violent. Um, Daniel Kalugala, which I hope mm-hmm. I pronounced it right, as we all know from that guy from Get Out, he is like the complete polar opposite from his Get Out character. He, he's funny but like you ever see that funny where like you're really legit scared of that person so you're gonna laugh to just ease the tension there's there's a scene that he does where he basically kind of executes two people and he does it so hilariously it's like in the middle of a rap and he's just amazing and it's kind of like this weird thing that they wrote in not weird but it's hilarious those who seen get out there's a scene that he kind of wrote with that he did with um this one of the wives and the wives just happened to be Caucasian and he gives her this look that's like, Oh no, we're not about to do this. <laughs> it's really funny. If you know what on and get out, if you have not seen get out, please go see get out that, you know, it's, it's amazing. Um, that, yeah. And also here's the thing. I kind of already saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is the, Anime is the CGI hand-drawn mashup animated movie about Miles Morales and the other Spider-Man. So you're going to get Spider-Pig. You're going to have Spider-Gwen. You're going to have Peter Parker is in it and all of these other Spider-Man and their storyline that I'm not going to spoil anything because it's beautiful and I'm under direct lock and key to not say anything. But trust me, it's beautiful if you had not made it out to comic-con they did this lovely panel and they showed scenes of the movie which is just again not to overemphasize but it really is beautiful so i i definitely recommend that you go and see that and i i, I don't know how far in advance with this if we're gonna go in the future a little bit dark phoenix i'm gonna oh, just no. say oh god oh no <laughs> If you don't know, I have such a strong hatred for this movie. Well, it's funny you bring this up because I was talking with my roommate today and he he was telling me if I saw the trailer, I said, yeah. He said, I have no plan to see that movie whatsoever. So I have I have such a deep, dark hate, dislike. Hate is wrong. I should not say hate. Hate, hate is only reserved for like, you know. The strongest of strongness. But believe me, if there was another word that I could substitute for hate, it would probably be hate. 
I do not like this movie at all. I don't like the direction that they did with it. It's a rehashing of X-Men Last Stand. That was the one that told the story of Jean Grey. Remember when she killed her little boring Scott? Sorry for the 20 year spoiler, but th- that was the last stand, I believe. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Which again, wasn't told that great either. But this is basically take the elongated version of X-Men The Last Stand was just really bad everything. The storyline is weak. It's repetitive. There's lines that's thrown in there that's just really awkward. There's a lot of infighting that just doesn't even make any sense. There's a Peter Evans, you know, his role is, is much larger this time as Quicksilver. He can't even save it. And Peter Evans is the kind of guy, he's the actor who can literally be paint on the wall and he will give you a masterpiece. He, he can't save this. And it's just sad. It's sad. It's just really sad. Um, also... Alita Battle Angel, which was the originally supposed to be directed and written by James Cameron. But because he's doing Avatar for the next 80 years, he gave it to Robert Rodriguez, who kind of took all of his 20,000 pages of notes from James Cameron and crafted this very generic, but very beautifully looking movie. But it's like literally like eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and being told that it's like a a, some type of fancy French, you know, oven roasted nuts from Sweden with jelly hand squeezed from the grapes of the vines from France. But it's basically (laughs) peanut butter and jelly It is the most generic thing. If you're not familiar with the magnet, with uh, the, the manga comics or anything it's it's about this small little uh i would say robot who wakes up one day and she's she's you know she's very small and and doesn't really have that much places in society it's kind of like a thrown away thing and she has to go out and find her voice and find her strength and she's able to you know, defeat the bad guys in the end. I'm doing a very terrible job describing this because I just literally was like half dead when the whole thing was over with because it's just very generical. Um, But it's just, it's just really not that great Um, at all. Sorry. So that was kind of like my little small wrap up and rant with that. Oh no, that's that. Well, well, I was. I, I'm definitely looking forward to Widows because uh, Widows is brilliant. It's it's better than 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 Dark Phoenix. Oh yeah, no, I, I fully believe that. Um, so I will be definitely looking forward to that. Uh, that'll be out here in about two weeks. So not this weekend, but next weekend. So I will check that out for sure. Yes, I strongly recommend that. Um, so also to talk about, I have two other movies that are. Kind of one is biggish and the other one is like gigantic worldwide thing. We're going to start off with the, with the smaller one, which is a girl in the spider's web. I was able to see it. Um, it is basically a continuation of the story 
of Girl and the Dragon Tattoo. It's not directly linked um, with the trilogy. That was kind of like one big set thing. And this is not it is based on the it's based on the book. But remember, it's not by the original writer because the writer unfortunately died. Um, but this is basically a it's a beautiful thriller. I yeah, I would describe it as a thriller that is about Lisbeth Salander, who remember is the computer hacker from the trilogies, and her pal and journalist Michael Bloom. I'm gonna probably butcher this, Bloomfest. And what happens is is that there is this organization that wants to destroy it's like destroy the world type of situation where you we have this we created this invention and it's we're going to try to sell it to the highest bidder and it's basically to control all of the nukes that's out there so it's up to salander and michael bloomvest they all speak like this because they're from sweden but it's still a very beautiful movie um and it also has, it's not a spoiler because if you watch the trailer, they so stupidly spoiled this. It's also about Elizabeth Salander's past and her life involving her family member, which is her sister. And if those who are not aware of the trilogy, it's a very violent and very terrible thing that happened to these girls where they were sexually assaulted by their father. And they had to go a lot of the sexual abuse that was going on and the reason why Elizabeth, she's a computer hacker, but she's also one of those vigilantes who is very protective of women and it will stand up for women. And so say, for example, if you are a wife whose husband has been beating on you, she will frame that guy and make sure that he never touches you again. The That it seems to be the subplot of the entire movie. The main plot is them. they are trying to, Elizabeth is trying to, stop this organization from getting their hands on this, basically this, this weapon that was designed to control all of the nukes in the world. And so you see, as this progresses, you know, it becomes this crime thriller, also family drama. It is extremely dark. It is very depressing, but it's also very well acted. It is Claire, Flo Claire Foy plays Elizabeth Salinger, and she just seems to carry the weight of everything that her character has been through from the previous trilogy to just everything in her life that's going on right now. It's very, it's very haunting. She gives a very haunting type of performance. Um, also, the sister... I cannot pronounce any of these names because they are, I would have to say probably Swedish. I'm not sure. But um, the, the actress who plays the sister, you know, she's very, she's very villainous. She takes on this beautiful, like villainous type of role. But if you get down to it, she is in pain and it's a lot of hurt and a lot of anger that drives her, her, um, her intentions throughout this whole movie. And, you know, it, it also deals about what happens when you're unable to let go of that hurt and that pain and that anger. Um, so the movie works on multiple levels. And it's also a spy. It's a spy thriller thing, which is, you know, if you're really into that kind of like James Bond type stuff, but more with a grittier angle, 
you know, there's a lot of gritty fight scenes. You know, it's it's in Sweden. It's very going to be a little dark, a little depressing. Um, but it is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Lakeith Stanfill, who also is Darius in Atlanta, the TV show, he plays Edward Nehem. He is a national security agent um, who's trying to track Salander. And he does an outstanding job as well. And it was really lovely to see him, you know, do these movie roles. And it's really great to see you know, people of color doing these movie roles. And he's not like the silly little sidekick at all. But this is like one of those movies that I strongly recommend people see. It's just absolutely very good. It's just really just well made. It's well acted. The script is very good. So I strongly suggest that you go and and see it. Yay. Oh yeah, I definitely saw the trailer, so I I, I was intrigued to enough to go to want to go see it. Uh, now the thing is for me is that this is coming out the exact same weekend as Overlord, so. I may have to make a couple of uh, tough decisions in regards to what I see first, but uh, I definitely, well, I also have to see Bohemian Rhapsody, so I got to make the decision. But I definitely am going to see this movie because, uh, yeah, I do like uh, I do like Mr. Stanfield. I actually may be the only person that enjoyed that, that movie. Um, the last movie he was in, uh, I'm trying Sorry. to figure the name again for some reason. Sorry, to, Sorry bother to bother you. Yes. Yeah, I actually enjoyed him a lot in that movie, and I enjoy everything he does in Atlanta, so I definitely will want to go out and support him. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do plan to see this movie, even though I have not seen the previous movie, so I have to also see that as well. But um, yeah, I'll definitely go check out this movie at some point. Yeah, it releases alongside The Grinch also, so I know you have really hard... Oh, whoa, well, well... <laughs> Well, no, the, the Grinch, the Grinch, it's okay. The Grinch could wait, you know. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll see. But uh, what? You know, yeah, yeah, the, the Grinch could probably, yeah, because I mean that that that's a movie that should have been coming out closer to Christmas. So I don't know why they decided November is the month we want to drop this movie. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> Sheesh. All right. So just yesterday, um, I was able to see. A movie that I honestly wasn't like I was going to see. I was going to get around to it just because I didn't think I was like really scared to go and see it because I just didn't know whether or not it was going to be any good. But my gosh, it is hands down one of the best movies of this year. And of course, better than Dark Phoenix uh -oh. but of, of this year. And that is Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. Yay! Oh my gosh, the level of tears that I have shed for this movie makes no sense. It took me by surprise. I did not expect this at all. Those who are not familiar at all with the Fantastic Beast, I don't understand you. But secondly, why I still don't understand you? It okay? It's it is. Those who've never seen the first movie, it's the sequel to The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, where it followed this guy named Newt Scout. Scout oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm so excited, I'm butchering already. But it follows Newt Scout. Oh, I really can't pronounce this word. 
I can't pronounce his last name, but those who know it, it follows Newt. Newt is basically like a, he's a zoologist, but for all of the magical, all of the magical creatures that live in the Harry Potter universe. Okay. Um, takes place in 1920s in New York, which is nowhere near Hogwarts or the whole Harry Potter situation. It's many years before Harry Potter, before the boy who lived was even born. Okay. So it's about this guy, Newt Scout, Scout, I'm going to just forget his last name. Sorry. And basically he is, like I said before, he's kind of like a zoologist of magical creatures Newt Scamander, Scamander, sorry, Newt Scamander. So basically he, like I said, he travels the world. It originally started out as just a very small book, a little tiny thing that JK Rowling created. She wrote this book back in like 2000 something. And it was just all showing all of the different creatures that came from the Harry Potter universe about this guy who would go around and try to find them. It's really no story. There's really no plot to it. Warner Brothers was like, you know what? This is can be a really great idea. How about you create a plot and a movie towards this? And those who have read Harry Potter would know that it is basically the story following Newt and all these creatures. But the heart of this is the story of Dumbledore and his friend Grindelwald. They were very close friends, best friends, even in the movie, deeper than best friends. You understand where I'm going with this? Deeper than best friends who they did a blood oath together. You know, they were that close. I'm always here for you. Basically, it is about their relationship and how their relationship was torn apart. This, I would compare it to X-Men. Grindelwald is a man who believes, he's a wizard, he's not a man, forget the man part, he's a wizard who believes that those with power, actual magical power, are better than regular muggles, muggles meaning humans, those without power, and that it is time for those with powers to rise up, to no longer live in the shadows. This is, so... He believes that you see, if you take that whole story between X-Men, remember you have a Professor X and you have Magneto with, you know, we must rise up and we're better than everyone. And, you know, we can no longer live in the shadows, that type of thing. There are different rules in Harry Potter universe where a non-magical human and a magic, a wizard can't marry. They can't have, they can't be in love. They can't be together. It's illegal. Um, you cannot practice your magic in public. You know, people will look at you strange and weird and it's kind of outlawed. Very similar to X-Men. You can't use your mutant powers. Remember the whole law that they passed in during those whole X-Men series? So it's basically the very same thing that it follows. In Grindelwald, um, it is about, like I said, Grindelwald is basically the most dangerous wizard of that time way more dangerous than Voldemort, okay? His goal, his main focus is to create a wizard army that will overtake the muggles, humans, around the world. So it's time for that 
We will no longer live in the shadows. We must come and rise. Okay? So in the first movie, we followed Newt and his creatures, and we kind of got like a little sense of, you know, there was a little bit of a war and a tiff that was going on between those who are magic and those who are non-magic. In Grindelwald, it focuses on a really dark, darker story of Grindelwald. And it is literally, I would compare it to Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. If you watched the previous or even read the previous books, we kind of knew that there was something dangerous coming, but because we kept being told there's something dangerous coming, instead of being shown, we wasn't necessarily taking it seriously until, again, I'm sorry for the 10-year spoiler, if you have not read Harry Potter or seen the movie, there is a death that occurs in Harry Potter, the Deathly Hollows. And that's when everything you had to start taking things seriously because Harry Potter never really saw death. In Grindelwald, the crimes of Grindelwald, is when everything starts getting really serious. And this man goes from, we must, you know, fight against the humans, just straight talking, to I'm going to start doing dangerous things now so that you can actually realize that I'm, I mean business by this. I'm taking this seriously. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say <clears throat> that it is one of the most powerful movies in the Fantastic Beasts series. And I know I'm going to probably get a lot of backlash and hate for this. I like this more than I liked Harry Potter. If that, I'm sorry. But I like this way more than I liked Harry Potter. Yeah. Is that, is that because of the more serious tone, as you said? Seriousness uh, of it, the level of execution of it, it is the most beautiful movie I have ever seen. So, yeah, it may be unfair to say that because if you looked at the Harry Potter movies, you know, the technology between when they came out to now is way more advanced. But also, I'm very sorry. Again, Daniel Radcliffe, when he was a child and he started in that first little Harry Potter movie, probably up until Azkaban, the prisoner of Azkaban. So right before Azkaban, the one that took the three movies that took place before that, they did not have the best of acting. Mm. So I'm very sorry. Their <laughs> acting did not <laughs> I am very sorry. Their acting did not age well. Uh-oh. Wow. That's, uh, I'm curious <laughs> to know what the Harry Potter fans will say about the, that particular comment. It wasn't um, in Azkaban that everyone finally got all their, their stuff together and was like, you know what? We're going to do the damn thing. When, when, I, when uh, the director came on, you know, we're going to fix this up. Look, the other three, I liked them for what they did. But Fantastic B series is just way more for me. Hmm. When it comes to the special effects, when it comes to acting, I'm not going to say when it comes to see the thing with the plot is, if you really look at it, yes, you can say it's generical. I literally just said it is the it's the literal reinterpretation of X-Men. Yeah, so so basically the so conflict that, between uh, Magneto and Professor Xavier. It's uh, not original. Yeah. It's, it's not original at all. But the way how it is executed, you have Johnny Depp. Love him or hate him. That man can act his behind off. You have Israel Miller. 
Oh my God, the performance that he gives in this movie, I was hysterical. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, I was gone. I was like, this is the beautiful movie ever. And this is basically his story. And, and, and it ties in with Grindelwald. But um, this is, I'm like, I'm all over the place. That's just how excited I am about this. Um, it, 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 yeah. Oh, no. And one thing, one thing that I did want to ask, and, and as you said, uh, so jo Johnny Depp, so, so Johnny Depp is, is 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 the villain, correct? So the villain. Uh, I know that we we're used to seeing him play Jack Sparrow and all these other characters that are, you know, no. good guys. So no. he will slit you in. He will slit your throat while laughing at you. <laughs> When I say he is more dangerous than Voldemort, they make you know that he is more dangerous than Voldemort. No That's offense good. to Voldemort and the original Harry Potter series. No offense at all. That's a good thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, this one, it continues the story of, of Isra Milda's character, Percival, who is... There's a legend that he is one of the most powerful wizards and that he will be, he will help to uprise the, 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 the wizards, those who can do magic. And Grindelwald sees him as this, this boy that that you know he needs to have, but it can't be something that's unnatural or forced. It's something where he has to come to him. The thing with Percival is that he is a boy who was abandoned by his parents and raised through the foster care system. He's never really known love. He doesn't know who he is, and he just wants to know who he is and he wants that love that he never received that at the end of the day it is a movie about what happens when you don't have love in your life and how you your your lack and abandonment can quickly turn into hate and anger he doesn't understand who he is and grindelwald is able to take advantage of the situation so that he can further his own agenda, which is to uprise and basically destroy all of the humans or muggles in the world. Because he and his people are tired of living in the shadows. There is a speech that he does that I can't tell you about because I'm not going to spoil anything. That if you look at it, I can relate it very much to today's time, especially with Trump. And it's about... <clears throat> how it's tired of living in the shadows. We was born differently. Look at how our lives are. Why must we give up our rights and our birthright for these humans over there? Oh. And, yes, and it follows several other characters, which ties into the Harry Potter series. And it also follows those who already know, Dan Fogle, and he, he plays... Um, the character, he's basically a muggle. Again, he's a human. And he ends up falling in love with a wizard. And their forbidden love, which was already in the first movie, 
mm-hmm. and how it's basically you can't like I said before, you're not allowed to have that relationship. It's, it's against the law and it's about their his fear and in her fear. And it follows their love story and it follows another character who I cannot tell you about. But it follows Zoe Kravitz's character and how she falls in love with this other with um sorry, with another character and their love story, even though they're two wizards and what they have to sacrifice for each other in order to mm-hmm. save humanity. I can't tell you anything about it because <laughs> the embargo and I don't want to be executed. Um, but it is again the most beautiful movie I have ever seen. Visually, the story, J.K. Rowling has this way where she is just the embodiment of magic. And her storytelling in this movie is pure magic. And it felt like I was in the world of Harry Potter. And there are direct links to it. Because remember, like I said before, if this is a story about Albus Dumbledore and his relationship with Grindel with Grindelwald and how they were originally friends. And it shows, you know, their relationship and how that relationship ended up fracturing because of their complete opposite beliefs, which again mirrors Professor X and Magneto. So you have and then you have um Eddie Redmayne who, golly, his acting, he, he's already won, I believe he won an Oscar for um, The Danish Girl, but his acting in this one is just equally superb, where he comes across, he, you know, he's very kind of like to himself, he loves his animals, and that's, you know, he has a very simple life, that's what he likes, you know, but he's thrusted into this much bigger fight that he he has to be a part of just because it's not right what's going on in the world in both worlds actually and he's just this really simple guy who likes his little animals and the animals do make these new animals that appear that make they, they 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 are beautiful and the way how it's done is just very oh it's magic uh, but i feel that for me the fantastic beast part about it takes a backseat and it's very much story driven this time it's much stronger and my god johnny depp is just superb isra miller superb zoe kravitz she's she does this accent she she's from london apparently now and you know in in the (laughs) no here's this thing where it's really weird when you see like American actors do like these accents. Only person that I feel that can truly play someone who is from the UK was Renee Zellweger when she did Bridget Jones diary. Mm-hmm. Zoe Kravitz. You couldn't tell me she wasn't born and raised in London. She does this accent, this British accent that is just so flawless and effortless and superb. And she talks like she's an angel. And her accent is like the wings of a butterfly. See how ridiculous I'm sounding? That's how great the movie was. That's how great her role was. So, yeah, I am, I am, I am speechless about how this movie was incredible. And even the first movie was incredible because you kind of thought it was going to go one way about, oh, it's all these different animals and beasts. And we really didn't have a plot. 
when it came to like if you look at the book because there just wasn't really one but jk rowland really created something that is just amazing and and for this generation for me i feel that it's it's my harry potter it did much better than than the original harry potter i'm sorry sorry Mm. no like Let's be like I know you. You haven't read the books, and you haven't seen the movies. I haven't read the books. Nope. The yeah, the books just far surpass the movies. I mean, yeah, yeah certain things that you, you they had to cut out, but like I said, until you got the Prisoner of Azkaban, I think I fell asleep during the first one, and I myself was a child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't discover it. Uh, series until like the third book she wrote and i was like this is amazing and then i saw the book i mean the movie and i was like oh this is this is what it is but it wasn't until later on that i like deathly hollows part one and two was amazing i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna lie but i would say that fantastic beast crimes of grindenwall is the equivalent to um oh shoot uh harry potter and the very last one with the with the battle sequences that I can't remember. Oh yeah, I've heard about that last one. Um, yes. Yeah. So that's that's my non spoiler review. Just go and see it because it's the most beautiful thing I have seen this year, aside from the hate you give. Okay, I, uh, I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, I may have to go back and watch the first one. I may you avoid the Harry Potter. To- uh, you have to watch Fantastic Beasts because you won't understand Ezra Miller's character. Yeah, yeah, cause, yeah, because I, I did start to watch that before, but I don't really recall what happened, why I stopped. But uh, I will have to go back and see that, and then hopefully move on to this. So he, he it doesn't make any sense how incredible Ezra Miller is. Which, like, he makes you forget that he was in. That crappy Justice League movie. And then it makes you angry. It made me so angry that he was in Justice League and they didn't do jack poop with him. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, they, ma- they made him They made him a, a pine after a, a Superman. He looked up to Superman. So that's, that's what they... He, he, he also, I guess. It just so. made me so... Ugh. Like and his role as credence was just, ah, uh, it just made no sense. It really made no sense just how good he was. And there are, and the thing also is that it really helps if you know the Harry Potter series because there there are backstories and relationships and and they Albus Dumbledore. I mean Dumbledore and Jude Law. He's not in it for a long time. Because you know he has situations going on in the movie that I can't really explain about. <laughs> like yeah, you know, yeah. the Ministry of Magic is pretty much angry. Yeah, and yeah be, be, be careful. Yeah, be, be careful with the spoiler information. I'm not spoiling anything. Everyone knows Jude Law is playing Albus Dumbledore. They knew that for like two years now. I'm not spilling anything, <laughs> but I will say this: Michael Gambon would be really proud of what Jude Law does with Albus Dumbledore. And rest in peace to Michael Gambon. So, yeah, that's 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 this. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. And uh, 
for those that are listening to this show, definitely uh, let us know your thoughts if you're looking forward to the movie. And then hopefully after you see it, come back and let us know what, what were your thoughts on the film as well. Absolutely. So any last words you want to give out there, Mr. Bailey? Oh, no. I thank everybody for listening. Uh, as you mentioned, this is the pilot show, so definitely leave us some feedback. Uh, um, and if you saw any of the movies we mentioned, definitely let us know your thoughts on these films as well. But uh, no, thank you for having me, Dana. And uh, shout out to everybody on the coalition, as well as uh, people listening, whether live or, or later. We appreciate the continued support. So, yes, thank you for, me. for listening. That's it. That's it, guys. Talk to you all next week.